We want you guys to spend three months really working through um, a prayer model and then don't switch prayer models uh, or don't abandon a prayer model unless you're switching. And so, it's like a job. That's right. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Don't quit until you, yeah. you've got one lined up. Yeah. Um, don't create that gap in your life so that there's no sort of opportunity for you to be praying. If you're on mission, we need to be working on a prayer strategy. But again, I, I, think, I think transitioning, trying different things is great. Yes. Um, but we just want you guys to pick one and, uh, and then to go for it. Hey friends, welcome to the 1000 Houses podcast, where we encourage and equip households to make disciples in and through the home. Every episode, you're going to hear interviews, teachings, and conversations around what it looks like to turn your home into a hub for mission and community and discipleship. Today's episode is from one of our coaching intensives called Made for Mission, where we coach others on how to practically live out the command of Jesus to go and make disciples in our Western context. So if you want to learn more about A Thousand Houses or check out some of our resources, visit 1kh.org. So this session, you guys, is about 10 different clear, concrete strategies for how to actually initiate extraordinary prayer in your own life. So we want to make this as clear as possible. Now, one of the reasons why this is so important is that it can be really confusing as to whether or not you have a how problem or a willingness problem when it comes to prayer. So sometimes when I hear people talk about the importance of prayer, a part of me just always starts with, I don't know how to do that well. I don't know how to add that into my life. I don't know exactly what that means. Um, But once we start to give you guys very, very clear ideas about how to do this, they seem to work with your schedule, work with your lifestyle, you you can really see how important it is, and then you just don't do it. Now you've shifted from a how problem to a willingness problem. It's really important for us to help solve the how problem for each other. It's really the Holy Spirit's job to work on our willingness that we understand how important it is for us to be giving our lives and surrendering things to the Lord, letting the Holy Spirit work in our lives. But we need to really work on this how thing because a lot of us, when we hear about prayer, it just sounds overwhelming, it sounds confusing. And so we wanna make sure that we're really overcoming those kinds of problems. And there are really three things you need to overcome that how problem. A good strategy, something that really works with your lifestyle. Um, A prayer partner, we're gonna talk about the importance of not doing this alone. And the third thing is a clear goal. So at the end of the week, you're like, I did it. Right. Like, And I know that for some people, they're like, I don't ever want to feel that way. I want to have this vague feeling of guilt all the time about prayer because maybe that'll help me pray more. Um, <laughs> I don't think that's actually that helpful. What you really want to do is commit to a strategy and really week in and week out, actually do the strategy, actually accomplish that goal. Uh, and you can always ratchet that up if you really feel like, hey, I, I can really do more. Um, and so, because eventually, as you begin to add one more thing to your prayer life, your ordinary life, and make it extraordinary, again, extraordinary is just adding one extra thing to what's ordinary, then, of course, that will ultimately, eventually become ordinary, and so then you want to add one thing to that. And so, Yeah, I want to add one thing to that. So, that for me, it's, it's always so intimidating when I see somebody that has this, like, extravagant prayer life. I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel so guilty that I'm not there. Mm -hmm. So the thing I love about extraordinary prayer and fasting, this model is it really levels the playing field uh, and it's really personalized. So there's, there is no guilt. It's be honest about where I'm at right now. And I love the Lord and I want to 
do the mission that he's given me to do. And so I'm going to start here. And that's been super helpful for yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear these things. So 10 different possible models for extraordinary prayer. I'll, I'll hit the first one, and then Joe and I are going to go back and forth. The first Stiff. one is evening intercession. This is one that we've been working on, uh, me and April, my wife. And so what this means is basically five days a week, we've carved out where I set an alarm on my phone. Right now it's at 9.30 p.m. When it goes off, April and I just get together and we pray. Sometimes we are awesome. really exhausted and we go for a walk. Sometimes we um, we get together, we just were doing it around the fire when it was uh, cold out. And just taking the time, I, sometimes I put on worship music, just kind of get a little bit more energy and a little more connection to the Lord. And then we spend time praying, but that's been a super helpful practice for us. That's good. Yeah, the next one is just asking a really simple question. I love simple tools, and this one's awesome. So just asking the Lord, Lord, what's next? Mm. What's next? So this could be anything in your life individually, but when we're talking mission, um, what Caitlin and, and my wife have done is not in a creepy, weird way, but we've kind of listed out kind of all of the people that we feel God has brought into our life in this season. And we're just asking on a pretty regular basis, God, what what's next in this relationship? Is this having a dinner with them? Is this um, maybe doing something to serve them? Uh, maybe our, our families need to hang out, but it's a really simple question um, that's really been a blessing to us. Just really practical. Lord, what's next? Yeah. And as we've been doing our, our, our evening intercessions, that's been a part of that rhythm. Yeah. And there's been times even where the Lord's given us a picture and we've like been texting people in the middle of our intercession because the Holy Spirit was like, hey, you need to contact this person. So that's, that's been awesome. a really helpful uh, model. Yeah. Third model is monthly um, eight to midnight prayer. This is um, something that we uh, heard about through uh, Chris Galanos. He's got a great book. Um, where he took his megachurch and began to break it up into more missional communities. And as he did that, they were really focused on creating a lifestyle of extraordinary prayer. And so they created a rhythm of this eight to midnight prayer once a month. And so some strategies, and again, some lifestyles, what might be really great is not something every single week, but something a little bit longer once a month. And so what they do is get together. This really allows for them to have a little more of a community experience. Um, sometimes also when you're suffering with your community by staying up late and having a challenging next day, um, that is part of what can really galvanize the community. And you see this happening a lot in Acts where people are really invading some of their sleep time with their prayer life. Not something you want to do constantly, um, but I think monthly is a really good way to, to initiate that kind of rhythm. And one thing that he says in that book, I know for a lot of us, it's like, oh my goodness, like four hours of prayer, that sounds so intense. But one of the things that he said in that book was the more that we began to engage in that particular rhythm, mm. the more we wanted to pray and the more uh, we yeah. felt our need to pray. And it became something that went from a strategy to like, oh, Really yes, this is heart. something. Yeah, yeah, this is something we need, and I can't wait for the next one. So, yeah, it's Very cool. super helpful. Awesome. Yeah. All right. This one might be my favorite one that I'm trying out right now. Uh, I've been doing this for a few weeks. It's called Bless Five, uh, and the idea is that you're taking five people uh, that you feel like God's calling you to pray, uh, calling for you to pray for, uh, and then for five minutes each, you're doing this five days a week. So five, 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 and Basically, every day for each of the five people, you're taking just a quick moment to bless uh, them in a particular area of life. So Monday through Friday, so let's say my friend's name is Josh. Uh, Monday, I will pray a blessing prayer, just really short. I actually use a Google Doc for this. Mm. Uh, and I just cool. pray with as much, it's like practicing this authoritative blessing uh, over their life. I was just say, Monday's gonna, I'm gonna bless Josh. 
uh, with physical like strength. Uh, mm-hmm. So it'll be a really physical theme. Uh, and then I'll do that for each of the five people on my list. And then Tuesday will be bless their walk with the Lord. Uh, and mm-hmm. you know, the next might be for their job. And you just have these five different themes. So uh, we'll have some resources for you guys to, to utilize that. But that's been super helpful for me uh, as well. You're, it's like there's this cheesy phrase like, I'm blessed to be a blessing, you know? <laughs> yeah. you know? Uh, but it's so true. Like God even told Abraham, like, I'm blessing you and your life is going to bless all, all the peoples, the nations. Yeah. Uh, and so we, it's as cheesy it sound, as it sounds, we are blessed to be a blessing. Uh, and this is super impactful for the people you're praying for. And you can even send, just like you're saying with your intercession thing, you can even send them what you're praying for. And it's an encouragement to them. And then oftentimes, uh, as I've heard of people doing this, uh, if you share the blessing that you're giving them, they'll often like give you feedback and be like, oh my gosh, that makes complete sense. Because uh, when you're saying you prayed for me about this, like this week, this happened mm-hmm. at my job, or this happened where I felt a sickness lift, or mm-hmm. some really beautiful things can come out of that that bless you as the blesser. Yeah, so. I love that strategy. I also love the fact that when you have to have five people you're blessing, that means there are five you know, pre-believers that you have to have identified mm. that you really, the Lord has put on your heart. That's right. And so that kind of prayer really makes makes it clear whether or not you are developing those relationships and, and really are close enough to those people to know what to pray. Yeah, some built-in accountability. That's, That's right. good. So uh, the next one, the fifth one, is one-hour corporate prayer. We've done this a few times with different communities, and that is that you actually create a one-hour prayer meeting every single week where you let everybody know, hey, guys, we're getting together and we're going to pray during this hour. One of the things I like to be clear about about that hour is that this is these are kingdom um, really expansion prayer meetings. And so what we're asking the Lord to do is not just like pray for each other, which we do kind of separately in our gathering times, but this is really for advancement. Again, this is about mm-hmm. winning the air war. And so a lot of times in those meetings, I'm like, come, bring those five people. Maybe if you're doing Bless Five, like let's work together to, to pray for those people. Um, and so that we're beginning to constantly be aware of how, where are the boundaries of the kingdom, how are they expanding, uh, and how is this community working together to do that? And so that can cause you to feel a great sense of cohesion. Another thing that, that happens is, let's say you've been praying for Sally for the last two months, who's friends with somebody in your in your prayer group, and something starts to happen where you can really serve her or meet a practical need. We're all then excited yeah. because we've been praying for her for months. Um, so these kinds of corporate prayers really can help you feel like you're part of a team and you're on a mission together when you set aside that one hour a week for prayer together. Yeah, that goes back to like unlearning this idea that my prayer life as a missionary is private. Hmm. Um, there's so much, I mean, we see it all throughout scripture, sharing these things gives you, for, again, it gives you accountability to actually yeah. have people that you're praying for. Um, but then there's all these gifts of the body that are like, man, I could not have served this person that I'm praying for, but you can. Yeah, um, yeah. And so that's huge. That's yeah. awesome. That's super helpful. Cool. All right, number six is prayer walking. Um, I like to think of prayer walking kind of in, in two ways. Uh, I, the first way is kind of like this idea of like Adam and Eve walking through the garden, mm-hmm. um, have, like in the cool of the day, having a relationship with God, which is awesome. Like do that. Yeah. Uh, but we're talking missional uh, in this course. And the idea of prayer walking in this context is really like we are we're fighting that air war. Hmm. Uh, we're going out and we're trying to take ground from the enemy. And that is no small thing. Um, so when you're thinking about prayer, prayer walking, you're thinking about, okay, 
where where am I supposed to go? Maybe it's your your neighborhood. Maybe it's I remember when I worked at um, this biomedical solutions company, there was a storage container like uh, facility behind it. And I used to just mm. walk up and down and just like pray. I felt like I was supposed to pray for each storage unit. Mm. Um, and it's just like asking, like being really bold and taking authority in, in the name of Jesus and saying, you know, Jesus, I, take back this ground yeah. from from the enemy. Very like, territorial, yeah. Absolutely. So you're going out and you're saying, you can use that what's next, Lord, again, too. Mm-hmm. Like maybe it's in your neighborhood and you're walking through and you, the Holy Spirit's really cool about this when I do this. He'll just give you like, I call them noticings. Mm-hmm. And he'll just he'll just point something out and you, and you may not know what it is, but you just say, okay, Lord, what is that? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is such, all of these are so freeing. There is no, there's no condemnation in trying these things out. There's no, there's no guilt. It's like, yeah, yeah I'm going to go out and I'm going to speak authority over my neighborhood. And the other thing you're looking for in these environments on these prayer walks is for people of peace. Uh, mm. If it is your neighborhood or yeah. if it is a context that you're, you're in regularly, yeah, you're like, Lord, who am I going to run into and give me the words to say in the next step uh, in that journey. Yeah, so, yeah, man, I love that. Another prayer you can do during a prayer walk is asking the Lord constantly, break my heart for these people. Mm, that's good. I know that some people, especially if you are have a neighborhood or a city context, you want to be be really connecting, like, what is your heart? What are you feeling, Lord, for the, this group? So yeah. um, I love I love the idea of prayer walking. I yeah. think it's a really powerful uh, strategy and model. It's good. All right, guys, the seventh one is something I learned from a guy named Paul Miller. He wrote a book called A Praying Life. It's a really simple model, and that is prayer cards. And he did this for his kids. He did this for people like the Blessed Five kind of idea for non-believers. Basically, what he'd take is a three-by-five card for every person, and then he would write you know, their name on top of it. And then when he would pray, he would just listen. And if he heard something, he'd write on the card. Then he'd mm-hmm. flip the card over. You know, next card, next card. Had a stack of them. And so that way, when he's praying, he would go through the stack of cards. So I did this for a long time. I just found that one of the things I loved about it was, number one, I'm, I'm, um, I get to see the answers to prayer really clearly mm-hmm. um, because it's like I've written it down. And sometimes if I just are praying for people off the top of my head, yeah. I can lose side of those actual requests or things that the Holy Spirit's putting on my heart. Yeah. So that's really, that's really a, a helpful element. Um, and then uh, the other thing is just the repeating nature of it. You know, I, I, oftentimes I'm asked, like, I, I try to figure out how do I become like that persistent w- widow, mm, you know, yeah, and constantly totally. be knocking on the door. And sometimes we lose that persistence, and that's what that parable is really teaching us to not be like. And the prayer cards for me help me overcome that tendency to say, well, I already prayed for that once a few weeks ago, you right. know. Uh, but but because I got these cards and I'm kind of working through them on a daily basis or a regular basis. So this, you can pair this strategy with like the one-hour corporate prayer, yeah. with, you know, I- evening intercession, with prayer walking. Um, but I love the idea of using prayer cards to persist in prayer. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, one thing I've done is uh, just had a simple card. I did this when I was coaching a tennis team. I just had all the pictures uh, of my guys, uh, I had like our team picture, and just put it on my dashboard mm-hmm. and just prayed through. Oh, that's um, and that's that helped me repeat it because it's, it's somewhere where you see it every day. So, yeah, yeah. Cool. totally. Okay, so... This ninth idea, sorry, we're on number eight. Eight, yeah. This idea of uh, an assigned hour of prayer. So we've seen lots of movements. We've been studying all these prayer movements across the world. Uh, And there's one community um, called Whatcom County in Washington. And what they've done is they've, uh, and you see a lot of these movements where there's 24 hours of prayer uh, and you're assigning somebody an hour to just pray fast. 
uh, and there's all kinds of uh, things that you would pray for. Uh, maybe you're not in a community where you have, you know, hundreds of people and you can cover 365 days uh, in prayer. But maybe for you, it's a group of friends. Uh, I know for me, yeah. a lot of the time when I started thinking about, you know, what prayer, what prayer strategy can I do? Uh, can I actually do without involving other people and involving accountability? Yeah. Uh, if you get together with five friends and say, hey, you're going to let we have we all know this one prayer prayer need from you know 8 to 9 p.m. on Monday that's my that's my time to pray hmm. and then Jim you've got Tuesday same time and then let's let's compare notes on Sunday when we get together or when we're all together and that way you have again you have the accountability um, but then you're really covering uh, one specific need or maybe three or four really focused needs in prayer yeah and it's really powerful yeah we had we did this a little bit at a community where some people were getting up really late at, they find them they were getting up kind of in the middle of the night mm-hmm. and, uh, and so they decided to take that hour from like 2 to 3 a.m. Um, and one of the things they said is hey um, if you have like a whatsapp group or some kind of uh, texting group with your with this kind of fixed hour prayer you can really uh, ratchet up the accountability by saying hey like everyone, when when you're praying, at some point during that hour, text the group like what you're hearing, yeah, uh, what's going on. Like like you can say at the beginning of it, "Hey guys, I'm get, going into prayer right now mm-hmm. for the next hour. Let me know if anything occurs to you. I'll be praying." And so that's so encouraging. Get those texts. Yeah. I'm like, wow, somebody's taking the next hour to pray. Anything I, I request or anything I share with them, uh, they're, I know they're going to pray for. So yeah. that can be a really encouraging um, the assigned hour prayer. Yeah. Um, the ninth one, you guys, is fixed hour prayer. This is uh, this is popularized by um, especially a book called The Divine Hours by Phyllis Tickle. Um, there's a bunch of passages in the Bible, especially in the Psalms, that talk about there are times of prayer. So I'll give you guys a couple examples. Evening and morning and at noon, I utter my complaint and moan, and he hears my voice. This is Psalm 55, 17. Um, in Psalm 119, 164, it says, Seven times a day I praise you for your righteous rules. And then in the New Testament, Acts 3.1, it says, Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And so we know that a lot of very observant cultures, one of the ways that they created a culture of prayer was that they would create prayer hours, special hours. Um, and so there, that might be like, hey, guys, we, you know, our prayer hours are these three times a day. Um, we do one in the morning, one in the evening, one in the, in the noon. Um, you could do just one a day, two a day. But fixed hour prayer can be similar to what we just talked about, assigned hour prayer, which is a little, a little bit more what works for your schedule. Fixed hour prayer is a little bit like we're going to design our schedule around these special prayer times. It doesn't mean to pray for a whole hour. A lot of times what that means is that at the, at the hour you start praying. And so um, if you use a book like The Divine Hours, which is a really awesome book, um, she has different prayers during uh, for each kind of a morning and an evening prayer time. You can go through... What, what it's written there, usually in about 20 minutes. Um, you can also just make this purely an intercession strategy where you go through prayer cards or uh, you just take five minutes and pray for those uh, people that you are reaching out to or for different places you see the kingdom expanding or for those blessed five folks. Um, but this can be another one of those things that can make it more consistent for you. 
Yeah, I feel like that's really, really helpful. If you're like, oh, where do I start? I wanna, I wanna pray about all these different things. Uh, it's really helpful if you have kind of a template to work from. I know, but then on top of that, it's really good to see what do I have energy for at different times of day. Uh, I know you've yeah. kind of been experimenting it a little bit. Can you t t just touch on that really quick, like intimacy versus intercession? Yeah, one of the things that I, I heard a, uh, I think John Tyson mentioned about his prayer life is that he he had three different prayer times during the day. He'd noticed that in the morning, he had a lot of energy for intimacy prayer. In the, uh, in the afternoon, he'd do, do prayer walks, and then in the evening, he'd do intercession. But what I found so helpful about that was that I was finding that in the morning, I really enjoyed uh, intimacy prayer as well. I was doing lots of sort of gratitude, thanksgiving, I was meditating, I was worshiping, and then I would do that for so long that I would start to run out of time for intercession. And then I, then when he said that, I was like, oh, this is perfect. Like, yeah. I will save intercession for the evening and pray with my wife, and we will work on that together. I'll have a prayer partner for those things, and that will allow me to really have this more open-ended time for intimacy prayer in the morning. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, guys. Wrapping it up. Yeah, last one. Number 10, uh, weekly fasting. Now, fasting is really intimidating for a lot of us. Uh, we don't know where to start. We don't know kind of how long to go. Yeah. Uh, we don't know what the biblical precedent for some of this is. And the reality is Jesus never commands us to fast. Uh, he does imply that we will fast. Yeah. Uh, and so it is important. And, we, and we've seen the benefit of fasting. Jesus's life obviously is our top example of benefits of fasting. Um, but for you and for me, it's like, okay, again, we have complete freedom to try. And if you haven't experimented with, with fasting, um, there's a couple things for me, I'll just share for myself mm -hmm. that I've benefited from. Um, whenever you fast, uh, you're, you're demonstrating to yourself and to the Lord, your desire for this living water, um, for him, and I think when the, for me, I can see the enemy has always been like, hey, you're not fasting enough or you're doing it wrong. Um, and I think there's two voices that I've tended to listen to and I have to like really choose to listen to the, the voice of the father in this. And that is number one, the enemy saying again, you're not doing enough. Uh, you're doing it wrong. Uh, he's disappointed in you because you haven't figured it out. You know, I'm 32. You're 32 years old and you haven't figured out fasting. Uh, but on the other side, the father is like, I'm, I'm so happy that you want to spend time with me and that you're seeking after me. We see promise after promise where uh, we're told that when you seek me and find me, uh, with your whole heart, like you're, you're going, you're, you're gonna, it's gonna work. You're, you're, go I'm going to meet you um, where you are. So fasting, I just want to encourage you. You know, people shame media fasts. Uh, there's lots of power in food fasts. There's lots of examples of that. You can do Daniel fast. Um, but the point is, try these things. So yeah. you know, our, we're going to talk about next steps here. But you know, these are just options, and there's more than there's certainly more uh, places to start than just these ten. Yeah. One of the ways to use fasting that's really interesting is that sometimes people have a hard time remembering to pray. Sometimes people are like, oh, I even forget like that, you know, to practice the presence of God. And yeah. so what you do is you associate hunger with prayer, right? Mm -hmm. And so what do you do? Like, oh, I'm really hungry. And so <laughs> I'm going to intercede. I'm going to intercede. Internal, internal alarm. That's right. Yeah. It's a, you know, obviously you, you might be in a conversation or that's not going to be practical all the time, but but when you're not distracted and you start to feel hungry and you that you can use that as a as a means to pray. Yeah. Um, so that's a really powerful way. I love I love it and that's that's a really important step. Okay guys, uh, just a few of the next steps. Number 1, don't get don't feel paralyzed. Our encouragement and 
kind of the assignment for this phase is just add one thing to your ordinary prayer. It could be one of these 10. We wanted to make sure that you had plenty of examples. There might be others that you thought of, and that's that's really the next step is, is to pick one and commit to it for three months. We want you guys to spend three months really working through um, a prayer model, and then don't switch prayer models, uh, or don't abandon a prayer model unless you're switching. And so, it's like a job. <laughs> that's right, that's right, exactly. Don't quit until you, yeah. you've got one lined up. Yeah. Um, don't create that gap in your life so that there's no sort of opportunity for you to be praying. If you're on mission, we need to be working on a prayer strategy. But again, I, I, think, I think transitioning, trying different things is great. Yes. Um, but we just want you guys to pick one and, uh, and then to go for it. Awesome. Yeah, guys, well, we just want to bless you uh, as you start diving into this uh, and kind of engaging with some of these resources. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you in the next video. Well, friends, thanks for listening to today's episode. If this teaching stirred something in you and you're feeling a yearning to learn how to make disciples in the West, we just want to invite you to join our Made for Mission Coaching Intensive, where we combine online content and personal coaching that's going to provide you with the teaching and the tools and the encouragement that you need to actually see disciples made in your context. So for more information and to apply for this coaching intensive, go to 1kh.org slash made for mission. We'll see you for the next episode.